So when I first heard this, I've never listened to any piece of work that was over. Uh, the closest thing I think was um, Branford Marcellus did this uh, rock, this uh, jazz opera, but it was different songs. But it was a long, it was a it was a complete story, an opera. Um, and uh, before that, I can't think of anything that lasted more than you know. You listen to a song, you listen to a ten-minute song, um, a Stairway to Heaven or whatever. Uh, but this 33 minutes and I'm here still listening and enjoying and I'm flowing with it. I'm like, whoa. Dun, 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 This sculpted narrative goes out to all the giants upon whose shoulders I stand. If I can see further, it is only because of their storied vision. Let me begin with Richard Feynman. What's up, what's up, what's up? Everybody, welcome to another episode of Spread Love Free Market. I'm Trevor Pham. I'm here with Dolmar and Jesse, a couple of activists that I've met back in the summer of 2020, the summer of activism, the summer in which we let our voices be heard. And... Um, they're here. They have a launch of a new project and a new uh, work of a uh, piece of music, a manifesto of sorts. And I w heard it. And when I heard this uh, track, 30, 33 minutes long, and I was blown away seven minutes in. I was like, whoa, there's some truth here. The beat and the flow was mesmerizing. And I said I had to have uh, these artists and activists on so uh, I welcome you guys. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate you having us for sure. Thanks, Trevor. I don't know if I've been referred to as an activist before, but I know I am one. It's the first time I've been uh, referred to as that by somebody else. So. Oh, yeah? Wow. Okay. All Documenting right. it right here. <laughs> there you go. So how you guys doing, man? It's been a while since I've seen you. Uh, last time, I, Domar, I've seen I've seen you both at McCarran, but the last time I worked with uh, you, Domar, you had that uh, great uh, presentation uh, where you were doing a music. Uh, I, I guess what 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 would you call it? A oh the um the explorative liberative or or series on liberation. Yeah, uh, roots before branches is what I what I call it. Yeah. And that was amazing. That blew me away then. So I guess I should not have been surprised when I heard this piece. And Jesse, the last time I saw you was at an open mic. And I've heard you many times at McCarran. And I've heard pieces of this manifesto. And I had no idea. And I don't know. You tell me if this was something that was in the works since then. But before we get to that, let me ask you guys. How did you guys meet? Where did you meet? And tell me a little background information about you guys. Uh, don't you want to take it, or should I tell the story? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll chime in, and then you can uh, tell the other half. Uh, I came into New York year 2017, um, uh, like around June, July, um, to essentially kind of progress, grow, learn more about um production sound within the film industry. Uh. And I met Jesse 
two years in, I think it was like 20, I guess one year in later, like 2018 for a job that he was working on with um, Spike Lee. Um, I guess we jived because after the crazy two day job, uh, he's like, yo, you want to hang out after? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm down. And I didn't really know what that meant um at the time until like you know maybe two three years into like our friendship yeah i mean so so i saw i saw the you know what domar was capable of immediately so um i i I, you know i i tend to like leave work at work but you know at the end of that job i mean he did like wonderfully he supported me and and you know, it was extremely helpful. I couldn't have done, I couldn't have finished it without him. It was, it was, the job was totally bonkers, but, um, you know, the, that was the beginning of, of a friendship. And when, when he accepted the offer to to come back and just smoke a joint, that was the, that was the start of the whole thing. But the collective was really Domar's idea back, back then, which was that we create a collective of sound mixers because a, a lot of the ways that other sound mixers try to work with each other is they try and like, have all the equipment and just pull out labor, just try and get labor from the people. But mm. that it's just a complicated business model that I didn't want any part of. And Domar didn't want any part of. So what we did was we just made an informal agreement, me, Domar, our buddy, Carlos, and then eventually our other buddy, Sam, who, uh, who came in recently, but we decided to just, in, just have a informal bond of just passing work together and not trying to, not trying to get pieces of the work from each other, you know, not trying to skim dollars off the top or anything, just quality work that we could pass back and forth and and support each other in the event that, you know, one of us had a slow month or a slow summer or whatever, the other person could pick it up. If they got excess work, just pass it back and forth. And it's worked fantastically. And so that's been going on since, you know, early 2018. So, you know, coming up on five years now, over five years, and uh, but more recently, what the collective has done is is what we're trying to do is get go beyond the film industry and go more broadly with it and try and be agents for change in a more general and direct way. Because by being sound mixers in the film industry, we're kind of being we're helping someone else form their idea of change, and the collective is us going directly. I met you both at McCarran Gathering, uh, McCarran Park, Brooklyn, New York, that uh, tragic summer and the death of George Floyd. And at that point, Jesse, I discovered you first uh, doing your uh, open mics. And they stood out to me and they blew me away. They were so deep and they were so well thought out and uh, introspective. And I approached you and immediately I said that you have something in, impactful to say and to add to the group. Uh, my, I guess I, when you were, one of the questions I have is when you were uh, doing your open mic, uh, we now have this track, a tension that we're going to introduce uh, to our audience in a bit. Were there bits and pieces in those presentations you were doing at McCarran Park? So attention started in McCarran Park for sure, but it definitely wasn't. It wasn't a full. In the full form that it is now is not what it was then. You know, all I had when I did that first speech was just that first speech. That's all I had. Mm. But it, 
I what I'd been doing is just like sitting in my apartment and blasting music and and just thinking and writing. And so I had a lot of pieces, but this there's the first speech was just that. You know, that that was that was the best that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I continued to to write more speeches and uh and in total I did five speeches at McCarran, but the five speeches were only probably 40% of the writing that I had at the mm. time, maybe less and uh, maybe a third. And uh, so I'd been compiling and writing and my process was just like being out in the world, doing the marches, going to different, uh, listening to different speakers, meeting people, getting inspiration, then going back to my apartment and furiously typing on my computer, like pages and pages of thoughts and ideas, and then piecing them together. And then in my apartment, I'd go into my the small room, close the door, pick up a microphone that wasn't plugged into anything and just practice the speeches. Mm, so nice. I, I read them, I read them, you know, dozen, like dozens of times to myself out loud. And, um, Domar, the beat, I, I, when I heard this beat, I was trying to place it where this sounds familiar. It feels familiar. I can't place it, but there's something about it that sounds classic that draws you in and it doesn't take you too high or too low, but it kind of feels like a flavor in your air flow, which for me is one of the all time classic hip hop. It's almost like a, a, a open mic, a freestyle that came together. So Domar, and I know when I heard the branches and trees, roots and branches was the name of it. Um, yeah, yeah, Roots Before Branches. Roots Before Branches. There was a similar feel there that was sounded unique because what, Yes, it did remind me when I thought about it that, oh, this is a flavor in your ear feel, but there's something uh, contemporary that gets at where we are today with that beep, as opposed to doom, it's like a signal, signal. Where did you come up with this beat? And and was this something that you, Jesse, were uh, doing your stream of consciousness to? I should really give the backstory that I've been trying to get Jesse to record his spoken word for the longest time ever. And it has come up in in numerous way where we like, we do want to do it, but I'll use this phrase, uh, you know, like divine timing. You know, we were Mm. always aware that we wanted to make something happen or whether it was like document his stuff, or I wanted to kind of like follow more, what I was what I started doing at the park gatherings with the roots before branches was which, which is to use spoken word that comes from a place of either philosophy or mm. liberation. That's why I utilize the Harry Belafonte interview. Um mm, the Mel spoken word or poetry. Um all the, the stuff that I gathered at the park gatherings as well. So with that backstory and then utilizing beats that like kind of really root down to Afro-Caribbean rhythms, which is where I'm from, but at the core of it, just kind of like how everything stems from Africa in terms of like a culture and widespread through like our music and how that is contemporary liberation, right? Mm. We call it different things, but 
the root of everything is that it comes from black culture, whether we acknowledge it or not. And a lot of people don't acknowledge it. So the beat of a tension was really just the most simple thing that I could come up with that was rooted in what Jesse likes to listen to, which is a lot of hip hop. So we kind of, I just literally like just played something for him. He said like, I like that. And we can maybe like I add a hi-hat or anything later on. And we kind of like, I said like, okay, cool. We'll leave the beat as is. <laughs> and then the chords came in. The chords are essentially like, it's the same beat and the same chords going on for like 30 something minutes, which usually I'm when I make music, I tend to have something change in some shape or form um, within like, I don't know, like I don't go past seven minutes without something <laughs> music, right? There's different elements that kind of like come from what I try to do and what Jesse was trying to do with the spoken word. So if you add a couple of things, if you add too many things, then it takes away from the message of spoken word because it's meant to be a story. Right? You're telling someone, you're telling all of our stories, but through your own perspective, right? And that's how you kind of come across a process of liberation, whether you're doing it for yourself and then other people. So we just left it at that. Just the beat, just the chords, focus on the spoken word. And we had discussed in other conversations, not specifically related to the manifesto, but Jesse has this amazing friend, uh, Katie Burke, which did the vocals on it. We just mentioned but like, hey, we should do something with Katie at one point, you know? Right. So we do the thing in like, I don't know, a couple of hours, export it, send it to Katie. I go away for like uh, a trip down to PR to visit my family. Katie does her thing. I don't know like how many weeks went by, maybe like two or three weeks went by. I was trying to like download the stuff when I was in PR to like listen to it. My connection was terrible. Long story short, I come back because at first it's just a beat, some chords, and then just Jesse shouting into a mic. <laughs> and that like that for like 30 minutes, you know, like not everybody can get past uh, a, a particular tone, mm. which is a very important tone. But if you're trying to if you're talking about, you know, listener fatigue, my my friend Wendy, who has the shared studio next door, was like, my studio mate Barbara said that somebody was like shouting at something but they did a couple of takes so they uh i think they were rehearsing for a play or something it was so when you hear the vocals you have that like so you have the spoken you have the spoken manifesto of jesse like which is that you know that strong energy and yes. then you have katie's vocals that like come in and that energy kind of like it's like a hug, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have duality in the piece, which is what you know I'm a very big fan of. Mm. I didn't really have any expectations. Okay. Um, I didn't know what she was gonna send. There was no plan or anything. Oh, yeah, okay. There was no plan of anything. It was just like we essentially just gave each other like 
energy and cues and we acted on those cues and that kind of naturally like developed we never really planned about we said we should do something and then the manifesto happened it was never like i think we should you know go about it was never anything like that did it ever reach a point where it clicked and say oh this this works or had the reaction i had which is this is amazing or was it something that just gradually happened or did you even are you even there now or are you just too much in the weeds to really appreciate it in the way i feel like i'm appreciating it i mean i i would just say that i think it was a, an accelerating path so you know this has taken about three years to come together you know it started in summer of 2020 and it just finished like a few weeks ago but you know it took me because all of the writing almost all of the writing was between summer of 2020 and summer of 2021 and this thing came out, you know, this spring of 2023. So basically I did all the writing and then it just simmered. And so it simmered mm. for a long time in my head. And like Domar was saying, we thought about what to do with it and how to, what, how to manifest it. We didn't know what to do. And this spring, I finally got the, the idea of how to organize all of my writing. Okay. So the whole thing ended up being about 17 pages long. We have a cool photo. Maybe you can use it in some way. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it There's to about... me. I'll use it on video podcast so people can oh. see. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll send you the photo. So it was about 17 pages of, you know, me organizing all that writing into one long piece that I think mm. really flowed really well. So once I got that, I knew we were onto something. So that, that was really the first, like, this is good, mm. you know, where I felt this was really good. And then, you know, like, like Domar said, his beat just happened in the moment. It was like the first thing he put on. I was like, that's it. And then, you know, what we were going to make it a lot more complicated. But in order to simplify, we just we just used the beat. And I just went straight through, you know, one take. That's it. Oh, really? Beat. Yeah, only one take. I, you know, wow. I messed up a couple of times. So we had to edit it. Right. But, you know, the thing is like 35 minutes long. And it probably yeah. took me like 40 minutes to record it. Wow. I was under the impression that this is something that you were doing over and over and over again. But one take, that's amazing. Right. So I did it. So I the night before I did the recording, I just spoke the whole thing in my apartment. I just went mm. through, delivered it the way I was going to deliver it, timed it out so I knew how long it was going to be. And then the next day I went in and just did it. And we did it in, you know, one take. The couple of hours was just us editing a few. So every time I messed up, I just hit the mic twice. Okay. And so there was two transients that we would just spot when we were editing. So we could just pull pull the whole thing into the, we had the whole thing in, in Ableton. And then we just looked for those double spots, you know, cut the piece together, sent that to Katie. But initially it was a pro Katie, because there wasn't space for Katie. So Katie was trying to do <laughs> like, ad libs and background vocals while I was speaking and, and it didn't work. Okay. So, so, okay. Hmm. so what I, what I realized was I needed just to do space. I just needed space for her to do her thing. And I decided against her because she was like ad libbing on the words and it sounded great, but you know, it was just distracting. And so ultimately what happened was we, we all made space for each other. So the beat made space for the vocals or for the, for the dialogue, the dialogue hmm. made space for the vocals and the vocals pulled the whole thing together to the point where it's really listenable to pretty much anybody. And they don't think that I'm quite so angry because <laughs> uh, because there's, like Domar said, the loving hug of Katie's vocals. When Rapper's Delight first came out, um, the rappers who were involved, uh, who heard it, 
uh, would say some people, some of the, the, the pioneers didn't like it. Some of them did. Uh, but one of the things that they all said was that as long as it was at seven plus minutes, that it was just a fraction of what actually went on in uh, the clubs where they would have kind of like jam sessions, like what jazz players would do. And it would be hours of just rapping to beats. And the fact that they were able to contain that to eight minutes, that was short for them. So when I first heard this, I've never listened to any piece of work that was over. Uh, the closest thing I think was um, Branford Marcellus did this, uh, rock, this uh, jazz opera, but it was different songs, but it was a long, it was a, it was a complete story, an opera. Um, and uh, before that, I can't think of anything that lasted more than, you know, you listen to a song, you listen to a 10 minute song, um, a stairway to heaven or whatever. Uh, but this 33 minutes and I'm here still listening and enjoying and I'm flowing with it. I'm like, whoa, this feels like what they, how they describe how that creativity that happened with rap. And what really connected me was the fact that it was talking about our journey, like we could connect with our journey from people that I knew. And that was powerful. That was a powerful thing to me. But let, let me move on because I want to uh, go, go to, the, to the next question. Um, and I'm going to start bringing up some quotes, a few of my favorite uh, segments in, in the track. Uh, but I want to ask you, from, you heard some of the, the inspirations that it reminded me of. What were some of your inspirational um, cues of, of people or music or pieces that inspired both of you? I don't, although like I, I love hip hop as a culture, what it is, what like hip hop truly is composed of, which is, you know, emceeing breakdancing graffiti and DJing I um I really struggle listening um to lyrics in musical pieces that's mm. uh, something I'm trying to get better at my brain doesn't work that way but musically uh I love a lot of aspects of hip hop, especially when it comes to like turntablism, uh, just that in itself is like a craft I think is fascinating. I grew up in a b-boy community, uh, more as somebody who had the opportunity to document it, um, instead of being in the ciphers or the circles and henceforth. For attention specifically, I'm very inspired by philosophy predominantly like the philosophy of my friends i know there's like mm. world renowned philosophers and all that stuff and you know and i think the most important philosophers for me are my friends mm. so mm. people like jesse i have other friends as well that sort of like inspire you to think differently about how I approach music because I don't really mm. approach music in a very linear manner, even though I use linear systems. So for attention, I don't think I really had an idea musically of how I was going to like approach it. And we just mm. kind of like Jesse was listening to like a lot of hip hop. So we just settled on like that beat. I did think that if we were going to have Katie sing that she needed something to be in key with. 
and hence like the chords playing in the background but i didn't think that the, the chords were gonna like stay and overlap nor did the beat essentially jesse was like i like that let's keep it that way and i didn't really have anything against trying to make it more complex than it really was because it really wasn't so much about the instrumentation aspect of it and i think jesse you were inspired i think you were inspired by what was that um that pink floyd great gig in the sky like by a piece well that was for katie yeah i mean that was just like not because in great gig in the sky the woman goes like way off and like it's awesome but it was a bit like the piece is so long you know the 35 minutes or whatever i didn't want katie to go that hard for that long so i told her that was like kind of the idea that kind of like soulful feeling emotive expression but so just tone it down so it was sustainable. So she could like layer it and double it and do all the stuff that she did without it really killing her. So that was definitely one of my inspirations. Um, but yeah, definitely. So primarily for the inspiration for this was hip hop just because of the lyrical nature of it. But hip hop and punk rock are my two, those are my main schools and my main churches. I mean, at the very beginning, I talk about, you know, I went to the KRS school of philosophy. So, yes. you know um that that was very much there he was he was a huge inspiration you know uh his because he's more than 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 a rapper you know krs is is a, a man of deep knowledge and deep perspective and so that's what i was really trying to channel you know so um that was you know that was my main inspiration and then my main non-hip-hop inspiration was tool so if if mm, if people wow. heard if people know while. Tool and also yeah. the music of Tool, Domar uh, emulates in his own way, which is the complexity wow. of the of the rhythm. I didn't think about that. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember yeah. Tool from from way back to the, the late nineties. Was it? They, that's when they started. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. So so and and lyrically, uh, I, I I borrow from Tool, which I think Maynard is going to be okay with. Because, you know, he's mentioned that tool is just that. It's a tool for people to use in their own way. Mm. So, like, for instance, at the very end, I talk about, you know, walking in circles with one foot nailed down. That's taken directly from a tool line. I mean, I, okay. I, I've used it in my own way, but, you know, that that's from uh, Numa. So, and then also, you know, the line where, where Caliglia, Caliglia will grin at what we've wrought. You know, that's another mm. kind of reappropriation of a, of a tool lyric. Okay. But um okay. so some there's a couple oh and also uh the the I I took directly the uh now I'm reaching out to embrace the rhythm I'm reaching out to embrace what heaven may come that's from uh lateralis. So you know these these are there's there's a few like direct pulls but okay. most of it's inspiration you know the ideas of what they were talking about and trying to incorporate them in my own way. One thing I like to bring back the parts and this is towards the end maybe the, the final verse um when you you spoke a lot about uh, you and I spoke a lot at McCarran about cynicism and sincerity, and uh, I when I heard that I remembered our conversations. You could spend a long time deciphering and breaking this down, uh, but you said that there were consequences that you experienced uh, speaking out, and I know you were speak. It sounded like you were speaking more generally, but personally. What were the consequences that you have for speaking out? You said that nobody should, nobody's voice, everybody should be heard. Um, you want to yeah. go into that a little bit? Sure. So I personally have not really faced too much in the way of consequences for, for speaking out. 
Um, it's it's definitely more of like a general principle of what happens with leadership in in uh, movements. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I in no way consider myself a leader of anything. You know, that's not what I'm saying. What, I, what I'm saying is that anybody who steps up to the microphone and rails against systems of oppression is potentially going to become a target themselves. Mm. So, you know, this is just what I have to say. And, you know, the the end is the encapsulation of what I was trying to say through the whole thing. You know, it starts with trying to break down what people think they know about understanding. And then it culminates in trying to build connection and build bridges um, between individuals. You know, really, it's about one-on-one, you know, but it's hard to go one-on-one because it takes a long time. So this is just my general thing that I'm stating out to the world. But, you know, it is people who speak out can face consequences in many ways. And so that that was just what I was trying to say. You know, I was like, is what it is. You know, I'm here to say what I got to say. And anybody who wants to say something, I'm willing to listen. But remember, there can be consequences for for speaking in a public place. And we've seen that with um, many of the activists uh, this um, from that summer. It's still happening. Uh, I've been yes. keeping track with what's happening in New York uh, with a queen uh, getting arrested uh, right before a Pride Month. And uh, what, of course, what happened with Worries in the Garden last yep. uh, summer, uh, the summer of 2020, and still, I guess, continues to happen to some degree now. Uh, another one that I loved uh, near the end, I will stand alone and shout my message to empty streets if I have to. Tell me about that one. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I really believe in what I'm saying. You know, I, I really believe in, in what I'm with. Attention is my perspective on the way of things based off of my 34 years of experience. You know, this is my culminating thoughts and ideas about the whole world right now about what's going on. And I think that it's really important to have these conversations and and to to speak truth into the world, whatever that is. And I believe I believe in what I'm saying here so much that I will go to a street corner, you know, here in Newburgh, you know, Broadway in Brooklyn, you know, Sixth Avenue, Times Square. I'll I'll shout what I have to say to anybody, but I'm not. But it's better if I do it when people are ready to listen. Yes. So what I what I if nobody is listening, then I will just start shouting and disrupting. And, you know, I love McCarran, but as much as I love McCarran towards the end of it, I really felt like we weren't being disruptive anymore and disruption was being frowned upon. And I didn't know what to do in in a, in a protesting activist way if it's not at least a little bit disruptive, you know. And so that's where the shouting to the empty streets, because, you know, windows are only so thin. You know, I can hear all types of stuff out there. And that's what I was trying to do at McCarran. And why I, I when I stepped out to that mic and why you can hear me on attention, that's the way I project into a microphone when I'm speaking. And there were all those brand new nice buildings, you know, yes, right there yes. south of McCarran. And I could hear yeah. my voice echo back at me from those buildings. And I knew those people in there could hear it. Yes. You know? They weren't and- they weren't out there, they weren't out there with us, but they heard the message. And so even if the streets are empty, then that means the buildings must be full. And if the, the streets <laughs> are empty and the buildings are empty, 
then I don't know where I'm at, but I'm still going to be you know, saying my message. You know, and you got the internet if that's the case. If yeah. some... <laughs> no, I mean, I, not the internet, man. I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. You know, I, I'm going to go out in the real world. I hear it. you. Listen, we're all about right here. The real world is yeah, where I you mean, want it, where you want to make it happen. Cause uh, yeah, we got to have the anti to the, whatever is going on with this virtual stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I love, I love this podcast. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss the internet or whatever. You know, this Listen. is definitely a great, a great message way, you know, way to, to spread a message as well. But the true message is out in the world, you know? Yeah. Listen, I'll just, the internet, if you, this podcast is a way to reach some people, but I've been right there with you when I, that's, that line resonated with me because I stood at McCarran when there was nobody in that field with the same mic and the, the, a speaker that I have right outside and I've shouted to that empty building with nobody in the field. So I, I was out there six thirty every day and I agree with you. It was not, you, there was that feeling that you wanted to do more and it wasn't happening. And that's the next step to get out there and scream out to the world. Um, Doma with your beat, like what is your goal? Like, what is it that Jesse wants to connect out there with his words? Are you looking to do the same thing with your sounds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really trying to um just kind of like explore explore sonically and histor historically like where all this stuff comes from so I can compile it together and you know, for me when I sit down and I work on my music, that's, you know, like my own form of like exploration, cultural acknowledgement. I'm trying to like tell stories with music. Um, and I know there's like a, you know, other people have like done it. There's like many sources and like, but I, I really want to try and find out like how I can do it in like my own way. And that takes time. Because you're kind of like, even though there are, I guess, all these systems in place that are very linear and like very easy to, I, I can just, you know, grab something and like start doing a thing with it. But it's not really about that. It's really more about like if I, if I grab a piece of spoken word yeah, I could just like layer sounds underneath with it and say like, oh yeah, it's music. But it has like anybody can do that, and there has to be like a story being told in some shape or form, and there has to be intent behind it. Mm. You know, otherwise I'm just pumping out content, which I'm kind of against because there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of noise out there, and for the most part not all of it is intentional. I don't know if you use the example of like, you know, just shouting out into a speaker in the empty streets. If that's not intentional, it's just noise, right? And it has to be intentional because that can reach somebody in some shape or form. So I guess that's what I'm trying to do, like, you know, with my music. And a lot of it is very much rooted in just like making sure that the beats come from like some shape of either like 
either African beats or indigenous beats or indigenous instruments. I've been very like really drawn lately to wood as like a foundational element, like as an earth element. And it just kind of ties in with my philosophy about the music and the development of the roots before branches, which is predominantly um, earth driven, right? Mm. Yeah. So that's the idea with the music is I want to make, I want to tell stories with my music in some shape or form and then have that grounding element of the beats where everybody can like come down to it. And like, if you get people to bob their heads for mm -hmm. a little bit, <laughs> you have them, you know, you have them interested and then you can pretty much expose whatever you want after the fact. Yeah. As a great poet said that I often quote that I heard at McCarran is the role of the artist to make revolution irresistible, Tony Kata Bambara. And that's what the first thing that came to mind when I heard this piece. So uh, before, uh, before we're going to wrap it up soon, but I want to ask you both, uh, what is the goal of, of uh, attention and the, we didn't speak much about the collective, but Jesse, we see you have a very cool hoodie there. Uh, tell us what is the goal with this track, this song, and with the collective overall? Well, Domar's also got a pretty cool hat. So, uh, oh, I didn't even, oh, there we go. There you go. Yeah, there got it is. The hat on. Um, the but yeah, so, so I'll give you a quick, you know, so each person in the collective has their own particular avenue by which they're trying to make things happen. So, for me, currently, right now, it's about two things. Primary, the general goal is building community, and that's it building community and uplifting individuals to empower them. That's the idea of the collective. I'm doing that by way of clothing specifically. So I'm producing and distributing clothing for free to anybody, you know? Uh, so I hang out at the bus stop in Newburgh and what I'm gonna be doing towards the end of this month, maybe either the end of this month or the beginning of July, I'm gonna be uh, just a couple of boxes of t-shirts and I just give them out to whoever needs a t-shirt, that's it. Mm. And each t-shirt comes with a sticker and a flash drive and a little message, and the message just says, greetings, neighbor. Uh, in order to hear the message of the collective, uh, just play the file on the flash drive, and uh, peace. And that's it. Mm. And so the the attention is on the flash drive. So that's how we're distributing it. Um, it's not going on YouTube. It's not going on Spotify. Mm. The only way that it's getting distributed is either directly from me through a Dropbox link or through um, the flash drives. So I also carry the flash drives with me on a keychain. Not all of them, because there's hundreds. But um, but I can't. I carry one flash drive with me all the time, just in case I run into somebody. And then, like today, when I was at High Point, I met this dude Danny, who has a has an organization that helps kids through snowboarding and photography and mental health. And so I talked with him for a little bit, and I just gave him a flash drive. And I was just like, mm. "Hey, man, you know, I got the collective. <laughs> I'm part of. I'm part of an organization." And I was like, if you want to hear the message, here's the flash drive, you know, and what that means is they can people can listen to it in their own way and in their own time. It's not like here's a flash drive. Let's listen to it right now. You know, it's here's a flash drive. Whenever you have a little bit of time, pop it in, give it a listen. You'll get the idea of what the collective is. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm trying to get my message out of attention is for people who are ready to listen. And that doesn't mean much except they're just like oh i have some time let me listen to attention see what it's about and in that moment i might be able to reach somebody so that's that's what i'm trying to do 
Well, I think it's also going to be distributed like old school, like the way hip hop was, which is like, mm. it don't matter if it's online, but like once you give people a thumb drive, they can just drag and drop that shit. So like, you're going to find that wherever, dude, like it, it's going to be like back when you were like sampling records, like, Ooh, I got this, you know, I'm sampling it and sampling here and sampling. So it might be like, you know, I think it's cool that, you know, distribution wise, it's not just us. Once you hand the thing off to the world, if people really like it, you know, like, oh, where can I buy this? You can't buy it. It just moves by itself. <laughs> you know? I love that. And um, I'm, I'm a lot older than most uh, than you guys. And I was there. I remember in 81 or 82 when a friend of mine and one of my good friends and we were always uh, beatboxing and breaking not me but my friends i would always be in the ciphers looking at them but he gave me this tape yo trev listen to this and on the tape it said apache i was like well, all right it's a cool apache, name apache dude i put that tape in i was <laughs> whoa and i never forget that moment and People don't experience that anymore. Uh, so I love that you guys are doing it this way because to just come across something in an analog way with a friend handing you something, you know, that's in the last uh, 10 years that's disappeared. Well, we're and huge believers of like, you know, you got to be out in the world, you know, catch us out in the world. So obviously we, we all struggle with that because uh, jobs and things that take our our energy and our stamina like away from always being out of the world you do need to find respite at some point for yourself your thoughts and your creativity but that's why like you know 2020 was so great because everybody was out in the world and i was telling jesse mm. dude it's like this is like what i felt like you know back in the 90s where like where are my friends i'll you know I'll go outside and find them you know you can't like <laughs> gonna go to the same place hang out every day i'll bike there walk there so, like none of that like yo where are you like oh sorry something else came up <laughs> the immediacy of everything in today's modern world i think has been kind of like um it it's done everybody uh uh disservice subconsciously because you're always like on that dopamine hit like what's next up what's mm -hmm. the next thing right so you you don't really appreciate things taking time anymore or you naturally finding those little miracles right those yes. small little surprises like you getting like a mixtape yo check this out it's like now it's like what's the name of that song or i'll shazam it and he's like oh yeah or good like i'll just listen <laughs> to it like later the uh and that's what we're about here spread love as well going back i mean this world in terms of i mean I, I again i don't label myself a ist or ism of anything i just kind of follow my common sense but this rate of growth with the capitalist system where everything is now now me 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 convenient convenient and there's no analog and there's no face-to-face and there's no kind of taking your time and knowing your neighbor and connecting with them in an old way and um i think I, I myself, I'm trying to recreate and envision a word like that. And I love that you both are doing the same thing. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, that 
I, I hope to come up there at the end of July and we could get together and maybe have a little listening uh, party and give out some hoodies, put them on the on the free uh, Spreadler free market where you could uh, get it to our neighbors as well. And um, I appreciate you guys for doing this. Um, oh, oh, we got a jalapeno. Jalapeno. All right, jalapeno. What's up? So, um... <laughs> so, all right. So let me just uh, let me just shout out the collective real quick. So, no social media. We got no Facebook. None of that. You know, all we got is a website, thecollective.com. Go check it out. And now we do have an email thecollective2018 at gmail.com. If anybody wants to get in touch with us, that's the way. Um, if you want the clothing, uh, you got to find us out in the world. There ain't, you can't buy it. You know, all you can do is be given it. And uh, pretty soon we'll, we'll be able to take donations. It is a full 501c3 tax deductible donation organization for donations. And that's how we're going to operate. You know, everything we produce, attention is free. Clothing is free. You know, we're we're going to be producing a, a coffee table book of of uh, photos from 2020, the George Floyd protests. Well, that's going to be coming up in the works. We got uh, Domar's album. You know, that's 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 going to be you know a sculpture in marble. So uh, you know, it's going to take some time, but we'll get there. And uh, so that's what we got going on right now. Um, you know, the collective uh, as a nonprofit organization is about free distribution of clothing free dis uh, production and distribution of books and free production and distribution of music. So that's what we're about. That's what we're doing. The collective.com, the collective 2018 at gmail.com. And uh, that's all I got to say. Thank you very much, Trevor. I really appreciate you having us on. Appreciate you guys coming on. And now we're going to, we can't leave without playing a little bit of attention right here. You're going to hear it first. For many of you, whoever hasn't run into Jesse or Dolmore, you probably haven't heard it yet. And uh, let me say that again. That's my pops, by the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pops. So um, we're going to, for the first time, many of you will hear it here first. And if you haven't heard it here, then run into Jesse, find Domar, find Jalapeno, do what you can, but get your hands on this. It's, it's definitely worth the 33 minutes. So yeah, here we we'll are for the thumb drives on jalapeno's collar for people to grab. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So thanks again, guys, and we'll take you out with attention. I'm ill-equipped for the struggle. I can only reach out with a plea for connection. Now hear this. You who think you know better, safe in your fortress of self-confidence, content with the way of things, I see you, and I know more. Look me in the eye and see if I'm lying. I don't want to destroy you. I want to love and to be loved. I have no big secret to share. I offer only a knowing smile and endless time stretching out before us. We are all in this precious moment together and I thank you for being here. But I will stand alone and shout my message to empty streets if I have to. And if the streets won't listen, then I'll tell the walls and hallways until my spit chips the paint and drips down the wallpaper. I won't be contained by labels, nationalism, flags, pledges, or pomp. I'll be Diogenes, living in a wine barrel and criticizing Alexander the Great for standing in my sunlight. I'll be Isaac Newton, revealing my secrets to the dumbfounded while ignoring their pleas for clarification. I'll leave them wanting more, 
And if they want more, I'll share all I have until there's nothing left. Until the sun drowns and the stars fill the night sky, we will build and destroy worlds together. We'll travel the Milky Way telling our tales to the moon, and we'll cause Caligula to grin at what we've wrought. But leave the baggage behind because we're traveling light. And when stars fade, giving way to the dawn and the morning gray, we'll have only just begun. Our dialogue unfurls like a carpet. But yeah, I'm really okay. glad you guys recorded. I'm really glad you guys sent it to me first. I felt honored. I felt that same feeling when I heard Apache. Yeah, dude. I felt that. I felt that. And um, knowing that it's not something that I found on Spotify or Apple or YouTube, you know, that takes away from it. Cause, and the fact that it was that long, because I know that our mind, the way we are kind of reared and the, the way we learn and, and it's wired into us these days that everything has to be short. So I know it has to be kind of an acquired taste to really accept this and to hear this and to kind of let it flow and then to hear it again and again and again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Peace, brother, man. Until next time, we'll, we'll be in touch oh, for sure. One more question. Who did the whoo in the end? That was me. And then Bill Martin in the background, because there's two of them. There's two of them. Oh, so yeah. so I, 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 was, I finished it, and I, had, I put the mic down a little bit like that. I was just like, whoo! I like that. And that, you that, hear that, Bill they... in the background repeat it. Yeah, that was him. Okay. That's yeah, kind that's of like our, 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 hype, our hype thing. Yes. I do that all the time. I, the, the place I remember it being done, most the most famous place is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. He comes out of the shower. He goes, whoo! <laughs> Uh, but they also did it in flavor in the air. They do it. You know, it's a thing. It's just something that's really cool about that. So I, I was so glad when I heard that in the end. I was like, yeah. Right, that's like, because I, the thing isn't it, like, it's intense and I'm focused and I'm like, I'm really kind of aggressively getting it out there. But in the end, it's not about aggression or, or, or that type of like proving anything. It's about having a good time. You know, it's about having fun. Like we were having fun, you know, yes. I'm having so much fun with the collective. I love being out at the bus stop. Just meeting people, anybody. We just hang out. We talk one on one. Like I met artists. I met like fighters. You know, I met I met all types of uh, of individuals out there. You know, it's okay. It's it's just about being out in the world. You know that that's that's what this is. And this is like the culmination of of me being out in the world. You know, and the, and my experience in the world. You know, it's it's it, that that's what it is. You know. And one more thing, <laughs> actually. One one more thing that I wanted to bring up that at the end, what was really cool is that you were aggressive and going with this kind of manifesto. There was cadence changes along the way, but in the end, when you said thank you very much, <laughs> it's like a complete change of character. <laughs> like, oh yeah, dude, because like it's not about like it's not that's just that's a, it's a, it's the performance, you know. Yes. And yeah. at the very end, it's just it's the sincerity, man. That's yes. the base of all of it. Yes. It's an absolute sincerity because if you got to that point. You know, if you get to minute 35 or whatever in order to hear me say thank you for listening, then then you've accomplished something that I appreciate to no end. Yes. And so, it, you know, it's absolutely sincere. And uh, for anybody who listens to it, um, you know, thank you and use it in your own way. This ain't there ain't no copyright on this thing. You know, <laughs> use any part of it. Use any ideas, use any lines, use any part of Katie or, or the beat. I mean, the beat's not really isolated anywhere, so you can't really take it. But, you know, do whatever. I don't care. You know, it's the same thing with the.